Well, hello, everyone. It's time for some announcements uh, here outside at church. It's a lovely August summer day. It's only the real feels like 150 degrees. So thought it would be a great time to shoot the announcements here outside. I want to say thank you to everyone who was involved in our outreach this past Wednesday. Uh, our, our outreach team went and they blessed a group in Marathon that really needed some help. They they gave them some food and clothes and fed them some amazing food. So I want to say thank you to all the volunteers who contributed to that and made that possible uh, this last Wednesday. Great job, guys. Uh, quick announcements here at church. Uh, coming up on Friday, we're showing the Sound of Freedom at our church. You can purchase your tickets uh, on the app. Uh, that is a ticketed event. We also advise you not to bring any small kids to that. It's not really a kid movie, uh, but a great movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom. That'll be this Friday at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. We will have free popcorn, so be looking forward for that. Uh, we had a great time at Jam Night this last Wednesday, too. Next time we do that will be later on in September. I don't have a specific date, but uh, be on the lookout for that. Keep downloading our apps. Tell your friends about church. Invite folks to church, okay? Uh, we're going to have a great time uh, in September and October as we approach this next season. So uh, really, invite Invite your friends to church. Do it, okay? It's important. Invite people to church. <laughs> but seriously, no, do that. Okay. Is that is that my pitch? Was that a good enough pitch to invite people to church? That's great. Yes, do it. Okay. With all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Good morning, everybody online. We're getting ready to hop back into a time of worship. We're looking forward to doing that with you. We've had fun this morning. Then... We're continuing on in our series called Sword Sharpening, part 13 already. And we're looking at the last two chapters of Revelation today, two of my very favorites. So get your Bibles, get comfy, get a coffee, because here we go. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, family. Good morning. It is great to see all your faces and hear your voices. This is always the uh, favorite part of my week is coming here and hanging out with you guys. Um, I'm looking forward to spending time with you all and worshiping in the word. Before we get started, I'll let you know the flow of things in case you don't know yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to their myriad Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in Sword Sharpening Part 13, and it's really good, guys going to be digging in and you're going to be like super like hanging on. Every okay. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together with brothers and sisters this morning to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for showing up when we ask you to, like you said that you would. Papa, this morning as we settle into your throne room, we want to have postures of worship this morning, Papa. 
want our heart's posture to be focused on you, not focused on what we're going to get out of church. Let our praises be a pleasing offering to you this morning. We ask you to help us draw closer to you, Papa, to continue stirring up those family attributes in us, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those family attributes that you say we share with you. We ask for more. We ask you to empower us to love lost kids back into your family. are so good to us and we say thank you and we love you and we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect Lord God you demonstrate your almighty power most of all in showing mercy and grace Give us such a measure of your mercy and grace that as we live trying to do the next right thing, we may obtain your promises and share in your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was last night of the Passover celebration, The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I always try to encourage us all to sing out, lift your voices, participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. We're going to see the words on the screen. Sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. Let's make way for the King of Heaven.
is rising like the sun.
heaven right now. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I see a new heaven and a new earth coming down. <laughs> no more tears. No more pain. No more death. He's coming back again. And angel, picture it. Day and night, night and day, that incense rise. 
Oh, we love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So good to see everyone. Wow, there's so many of you. How exciting. Well, today's story, right? We're going to learn about a family who had two sisters and one brother. Their names were Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus was very good friends with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And one day, Lazarus got sick, very sick. Any of you ever been sick before? Yeah, right? Not fun, right? Well, Mary and Martha, right? They sent a message to Jesus, and it said, Lord, your friend Lazarus, he is sick. Well, Jesus was with his disciples, and he told them, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death, right? His sickness will show how great God is and how great God's son is. And so he made, as, as they were going there, right, by the time they got there where Lazarus lives, Lazarus had died, and he had been in the tomb four days. How many days? Four days, right? Yeah, four days. And Martha, his sister, came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. But Martha knew that Jesus could do a miracle, and she said, I know, (coughs) sorry, I know God will give you whatever you ask from him, right? And Jesus said, Lazarus will rise again. And Martha said, I believe, right? And Jesus told her in John 11, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And Mar- and Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, right? And then she went to get her sister, Mary. And when Mary came, she fell down at Jesus's feet, right? And then she said, Lord, if you had been here, right, my brother Lazarus would not have died. And then she started to cry, and Jesus cried with her. Isn't that beautiful? Then they went to the tomb where Lazarus' body was, right? 
And there was a big stone at the opening of this tomb. And Jesus told the people, move the stone. And then Jesus looked up to heaven and he prayed, Father, I thank you. I know that you heard me. And then he said, he yelled, Lazarus, come out. And guess what? He came out. He was alive. Isn't that amazing? So cool, right? Well, boys and girls, this shows us that Jesus has power over death, right? And Jesus, right, died on the cross for our sins, right? And he rose on the third day. And everyone who trusts in him will live forever, right? Hallelujah. I like that Good one. Job. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Okay, you guys ready to tell everyone else the Bible verse? Okay, nice and loud together. John eleven twenty five. Jesus told her, Jesus told her, I am, I am the resurrection, and the life, and the life. Anyone, anyone who believes in me, who believes in me, will live, will live, even after dying. Wow, so good, guys. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then we'll have Pastor Georgina pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. All right, boys and girls, we're going to pray now. We're going to talk to the Lord. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Okay. Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, for the amazing love that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us, to save us, Lord God. And we can't wait to we're with you, Lord God, forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Amen. Have fun. You know, as the children get settled, we were singing a little spontaneously there at the end about, you know, behind the scenes and what's going on. And this verse, I just think, fits with that. Uh, and it's about Elisha and the servant of Elisha. And Elisha, the, the servant, gets up and sees this big sort of army gathered against them. Uh, in verse, uh, this is Second uh, Kings 6, verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded this city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And it's just, 
we, we tend to be very limited in how we see things. We see things and we limit it just to the natural. Just know God is doing bigger things. And always be asking God to help you see, to, to yeah. open the eyes of your heart Amen. so you can see what he's up to because, you know, you don't need to be afraid. That's what that whole word Amen. is. So that's a before the sermon, little sermon. Yeah, I get those all week. You do get those all week. <laughs> how blessed are you? I'm so blessed. It's, so blessed. You know, we have tomorrow, not for, but tomorrow is our 41st Yay. wedding anniversary. Yeah, it's pretty Yay. good. Yeah. You get to go to jury duty. For I you. have jury duty to celebrate. <laughs> of course he does. Our anniversary, yeah. so that will be. So you review your sermons with me, kind of, during the week. Yes. And, and you... I ask you for advice about shoes. Yes. And here's what's funny, just so you know. Yeah. So in the morning... This morning, she had she came out and she said, two, and she had two different shoes on. Yeah. And I'll have you know, one was a red sneaker and the other one was a blue kind of shoe. Blue sneaker with a bow. Okay. Anyway. And she said, which one? And I said, go with the red sneaker. And she went, no. no. I said, okay, that's whatever. <laughs> and so she keeps the blue one on, which I had already said no to, and she puts <laughs> a white one on with it, a white sandal. She goes, now which one? Well, I think now I'd go blue. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want you to know I got out of the decision process at that yes, time because I'm like, and she's wearing much. pink shoes, which yeah. were never in the mix. No. So no. it's it's very interesting. Yeah, I forgot I had these. So yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, I got to keep going. So um, connect card. There you go. If you're a first time guest or visitor, point your smart device at that, and you will get a link to our digital connect card name, phone number, email. We'd love to have that information, and. Uh, We'll send you texts and emails for four or five weeks, and then that will taper off. So uh, please do that. There's also gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. So uh, if you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. I want to also say uh, about the movie we're showing Friday. It was in the announcements, but just so you, you make sure you hear this. It's called The Sound of Freedom. It's supposed to be an excellent movie. I haven't seen it yet. Um, in order to show it here, it had to be a ticketed event. Yeah. That's not how I choose to do it. I would much rather buy a license and just tell everybody to come, but they right. won't. So there's some movies they won't let that happen with. Right. And so it has to run through a ticketing agent. They sell tickets online. We don't get any of that money, just so you know. It is what it is. But part of the money for the ticket goes directly to fund some of the organizations that help deal with human trafficking, which is what the movie is all about. So on the app, you can go and get tickets. Uh, it's I think the tickets are $13. Um, and like I said, some will go to that. None comes here, so it's not about a money thing for us. Um, and also, it's not really suitable for children. Absolutely so don't, don't bring your kids. Um, but we will have free popcorn. So, so there. there's that. Yeah, we yeah. are bringing popcorn. So, yeah, so, so that's coming up this Friday, 6.30. Supposed to be very good. Now, mm. when we gather, we always pray for our neighbors uh, to reinforce what we ask you to do really on a daily basis. Pray for the people who live right around you. So think about a couple of your neighbors and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, we're continuing on. In a series we're doing called Sword Sharpening, 
This is about making the most of your time in the Bible, and I've said from the beginning. My hope is that at some point during this series, you get excited about reading your Bible. That uh, if it, maybe you're already excited, you get more excited. Maybe it's kind of a chore for you now that it would be less of a chore and more something you look forward to. Or if you're not doing it, you would start to do it. And so we're, we're trying to sort of help understand some things in the Bible to set up the story. And we're going to continue doing that today in just a moment. But let's do the bad jokes. And then, uh, and then you can pray for us and get Yay. us back where we need to be. Um, lead us in the reading the word. Okay. I thought this was funny. So stupid. A man, <laughs> a man, a man goes to a job interview and the interviewer begins with a question. What do you think is your biggest weakness? And the man thinks for a moment. He says, I think my biggest weakness is my brutal honesty. And the interviewer says, well, I don't think that's a weakness. And the man says... I really don't care what you think. Got a good laugh on that. Well, that's okay. Another interview joke. This is an interview joke. A man came in to give his application to the manager, but the manager asked, why is there a four-year gap in your application? And the man responded, Yale. And so the manager hired him on the spot, and the guy said, thanks, I really needed a job. Yale, jail, job, yeah. Right on the. It's right on the edge, babe. This one is from uh, Pastor, Pastor Billy. Pastor last Billy. one, and I'm going to let you. So I want to preach. Okay. I went to the beekeeper and asked him to give me twelve bees. He gave me thirteen. I said, nice. "Sir, you've given me one more than I asked for." He said, "Don't worry about it. That's a freebie." Freebie. Get okay. Please pray for Excellent. us. Lead us Good in the job. reading of the word. <laughs> Billy took credit back there, Ray. Yeah. That was mine. That was. <laughs> All right. Let's pray and read the word together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your goodness passes before our eyes when we watch the children say their Bible verse, when we see our friends again at church, Father. We see your goodness in our when we go outside and in our homes. But, Lord, we know you're always doing something behind the scenes. You're always doing a deeper work. And help us, Papa, to focus not on that which we can see, but that which you are doing in our hearts and in the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Revelation. This is chapter 21, beginning at verse 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Okay, 
We are uh, in this series, as we said, sword sharpening. And in this part of the series, what we've been doing is trying to sort of break the storyline of the Bible down into eight manageable sections. And then give you two or three points in each section so that you can remember how the story works together. Um, and I said that, that many believers sort of come into the story in Jesus. Great part in the story to come into, but that's the story they understand. They never sort of connect how everything got us to that point. And when you can connect the entire story from beginning to end, the good news gets gooder. And so that's what we're trying to do. And we're going to keep pressing on in that whole idea. Now we're going to do, we'll do a pretty strong review next week. Um, really, because then you'll have all eight sections and the first four things that we talked about. And then we're going to continue on in this series. But, uh, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on review. I want to get into this eighth section that we're doing today. And we're calling this eighth section Kingdom Consummated. Uh, it's the last two chapters in Revelation. And Kingdom, when I, when we say kingdom, remember it's the rule and reign of God, the authority of God. And consummated brings together the ideas of completion. It's about when his second coming and the whole marriage sort of thing. It's the, the, the wedding feast is coming, all these cool things. And that's what we're getting to in the last couple of chapters of Revelation. But I, so not a full review, but I do want to say this. So we get to these last two chapters. Remember the, the first section was called Kingdom Revealed, where we see God's heart in the first two chapters of Genesis. And what God's heart is, is that there's going to be a place here, this planet, where he is, where his human family is, and where his divine family all exist together and enjoy one another. That gets messed up with the rebellions and everything that happens, and the whole story is God moving us back in this direction. But you need to hang on to that's God's heart, that's God's idea, that's what God wants to do is from the beginning. He wants to dwell with us here on this planet forever in in a perfect sort of world, okay? And you're going to see how we're moving back towards that in the last couple of chapters of Revelation. But in this section, there's two main points that I want you to sort of think about and hang on to to remember these last two chapters. And uh, the way we'll, we'll think about them is this. I want you to know and understand the phrase, all things new, and also life after life after death, and what we're talking about when we say that, okay? Uh, and so that all things new, part of the scripture reading, Alice read, behold, I'm making all things new, write it down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I love it when he says that. Make sure, That's a good one. Write it down. All things new. Uh, fascinatingly, this word new uh, is interesting because in the Greek language, where the, everything was written, at least in the New Testament, uh, there's two words that we translate new, but have quite different meanings in the Greek language. One of those words is neo, which means like new in, in, in time, if you would. It's, it's uh, like starting from scratch and building a house. Some of you have been through that, right? There was just a lot, now there's a house. So you make a new house. And there's another word that gets translated new, and it's the word kainos. And kainos is more renewed, restored, uh, you know, remodeled, something along those lines. It would be like taking uh, an old a house that was once new, but now old, and then renewing it, remodeling it, redoing it. That's the idea. That's kainos. Fascinatingly, when that p- passage in Revelation 21 is being read, it always uses the word kainos. 
So when new things are happening, it means restored, renewed, redeemed, remodeled things. And not, oh, brand new out of nothing. And that, that changes the way that a lot of people tend to look at what's coming. And so I, I want to talk about that today. It's the, definitely the way it's used in, in Revelation 21, new. When we're made new creations, and second, God, Paul uses that, it's kainos. It, it's so you can begin to understand that, that you're a new creation now. You're still the you that you've been, but now you're better than that. You're a new creation. You're remodeled. You're renewed. You have Holy Spirit in you now. Uh, and so you've had a major upgrade. Uh, and there's a better one coming too, but, but all that is so you can begin to understand this concept that what you're really reading about is if you sort of get a grasp of what God did for Jesus at Easter, when he came up, defeated death, he was Jesus, but better than Jesus. You know, he was there, but better than. Um, that's what he's going to do, and that's what he does for us, and that's what he's ultimately going to do for the entire creation. And so I want to talk about that as we roll into this today. I also want to say this. Uh, when, we, when we poke around into Revelation, fascinating book, um, I, I will say some things, and I tried to say this as, as well as I knew how last week, uh, that this is how I think it works. But there's different ways to look at Revelation. I even presented it with a couple of lenses last week. And if I say something that you've maybe not heard or that you disagree with, that's okay. It's really all good. Uh, and, and really, if that happens, my hope would be that it would stimulate you to go read the Bible. And, and check it out. That's what I always want you to do. Go read the Bible. Don't read a book about the Bible. Go actually read the Bible and go, what is really going on here with those words? Uh, one of my favorite groups of people in the New Testament is the Bereans. Acts chapter 17. Because Paul taught, and after Paul taught, they went and they studied the scriptures to see if what he was saying had any merit or not. That's all. It, it, that's what we should be doing together. So if you hear a couple of things maybe you've never heard today, that's awesome. Go check it out. And... We'll just kind of do it together. Um, so one of the sort of viewpoints that people have about things when we get to the end is that they think that the sort of the planet is vaporized like in a Star Wars movie and that God's going to start over. And that's not what the words say because whenever we talk about it, the new that's being talked about there is restored and renewed, not new from nothing new, okay? And, and so... That picture begins to make more sense when you read passages like what Paul says in Romans 8 about creation. When he says to the creation, it's, you know, it's everything he made. It's the, it's the, the planet, the world, it's, you know, the animal kingdom, all those things. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by his own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. That's referring back to, now you know this part of the story, the, the fall that happened there in the rebellion. The curse really went on the on the planet, right? Uh, and the planet hadn't done anything. Creation's like, well, that's not really fair, but that's okay. God's going to redeem them. Uh, gonna redeem the planet. But, but the picture is they're in slavery now, much like they need an exodus like we had our exodus in Jesus. And they're waiting for the return when they're gonna be released from this bondage and captivity that they've been under, this everything sort of falling apart, and restored to what they once were. Not vaporized, but released, set free, 
renewed, restored. That's what's going to happen for all of creation, just like it's begun to happen for those of us who've asked Jesus into our hearts and lives. Your eternal life has already begun. Well, creation is waiting. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for that deposit guaranteeing eternal life. And we've talked about that. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for everything. We know that there's something coming that's even better. And so Paul is tying this whole passage in to the planet, if you would, waiting to be released from bondage, just like we have been in Christ, and renewed and restored. Not vaporized, redone. Back to where they, uh, back to where it was originally when God put it all together. And so we're, we're looking at that. And so that verse doesn't imply destruction. It, it implies really something else entirely. But when, when we look at that, um, and with that thought in mind that what God has done with Jesus at Easter now, He's done with us and He's going to do with all of creation, we need to deal with some passages where people sort of get this idea of, everything being destroyed, vaporized. Uh, and uh, part of that I, I call the end of the age. You know, in the Bible it talks about this age and the age to come. Some translations, unfortunately, translated that word, uh, world. And there's a different, in the Greek, the word for world is actually cosmos. And the, the word for age is A-I-O-N, but they picked it up as world, and people think that the world to come in this world, and confusion sets in because of it. But it's this present evil age and the future age to come, the now and the not yet stuff. So what does it look like, the end of this present evil age? Well, Peter gives us some insight. And these are kind of fiery words, which are interesting. But they deliberately forget. That was, that was sort of a pun. Anyway, but they deliberately forget... That long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. You know that? Genesis 1. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. He goes on in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Well, people look at that and see, well, yeah, obviously, that's a vaporization. The whole thing's going to be gone. Everything's wiped out. But if you hang on to it in context and read how Peter introduced it, he said uh, he compares this fire at the end to the flood that we've already experienced. And if you remember the flood, because we talked about this, the flood was a cosmic reset, right? The waters came back over the earth. And after the flood, what happens? Is the planet still here? Yeah, same planet. And the inhabitants of the ark step out into a restored, renewed, cleansed world, and they start all over again. They're going to mess it up too, but that's the picture. So the planet wasn't destroyed, even though it says destroyed daily. It was cleansed. It was, it was redone at that point in time. Well, he's, he's implying that this next cleansing will be one of fire, symbolically. Uh, and uh, that, that fire in the scripture is also a cleansing agent. Like e- even us, we, we, it's, uh, Paul talks about us going through fire, 1 Corinthians 3.13. Their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to the light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a ward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. The idea here is that 
fire purifies everything, and what's left is really good. And what's not left, you didn't want anyway, all right? And it's another picture of the world being cleansed and renewed and restored is what's happening. Not vaporized and destroyed, renewed, restored. Let's look a little more. Because Peter is the one writing that, and Peter has a conversation with Jesus in Matthew 19, 27, that fits so well into this. Uh, and this conversation, just to give it conversation uh, t- context, sorry, Jesus has been talking to a rich person, and he says to his disciples, I think, I goes, wow, going to be really hard for rich people to make it. And they look at him like he's nuts. What do you mean? Yeah, it's a tough one for rich people. Uh, because they have, you know, they have this other stuff to do. And this goes against the paradigm that the disciples have, because they think if you're rich, you're blessed. And if blessed people can't make it, then how does anybody make it? And, and so Peter says, this is the question he asked with that statement, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Look at this response. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things. Pretty easy to miss that verse if you're not looking for it. When At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So not only is the blessing forever, there's something in there about we get everything back here. Plus, there, there's something that we need to grab a hold of there, uh, and, and Peter is taking that in, and he ends that Second Peter 3 passage with this, in keeping with Jesus' promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And guess what that word new is there? Kainos. Renewed. Restored. That's what's happening, and all these promises sort of hang in there. And what that means is, what you need to start thinking about, what I'd encourage you to think about, is that uh, there's something coming, there's something coming where we don't just walk away from all of our special places and memories and events, that God is up to something, and that we get to enjoy all these things plus in the future, and, and that the end result is still here. And, and we'll look at another passage in just a second, but going back to the beginning, Genesis 1 and 2, God's heart was a heaven and earth connection where he dwelt with us in the divine family. And we're going to end up with that very thing happening in the future. Because if, if the end point is just heaven, I got to be careful how I say this because people will get, and if, if you, if that's one, you want that to be your end point, I'm happy that's good. But if the end point is just heaven, it almost says that Satan won. Because God's not getting what he wanted. Because God's heart was for us to dwell here on this planet, perfected with him forever. So I, I, I want you to think about the idea of life after life after death. Because it's actually a better story than what many people have settled for. And it's, but it's okay, but I, I get, we sort of simplified things that church did over time to sort of, you know, well, do you want to go to heaven? And this is what you need to do. You need to ask Jesus in your heart. You need to have your sins forgiven so you can go to heaven. But then they miss these last two chapters, which I think are better than that. Don't get me wrong. Heaven is going to be really cool. All right. When, cause if, if Jesus doesn't come back before your tent, wears out, you get to go to heaven. And it's going to be awesome. There's going to be powerful worship. You can read it in Revelation. I can hardly wait. For, I like to worship. Like, woo! And you'll, you'll be caught in. 
And you'll be, you'll be worshiping, and every now and again you'll see somebody and you'll go, Hey! Like to say, some of you are better greeters than me, right? And you, yay! And, and you'll be hanging out and it'll be good and it's gonna be so cool, but there's a point when Jesus is gonna say, okay, let's go. And he comes back. That's Revelation 21. And what do you get when you come back? You get a resurrected body. That's why the resurrection is so important for us. You don't need a physical resurrected body if you're going to hang out in heaven forever. You just don't. It's not required. And even when Jesus went, well, he made a place for us. Yeah, he went and made a place for us. But even the way it says it, it's temporary. It's like he gets you a really cool Airbnb ready for your time in heaven. But you get something better. When you come back, it's the the good news is gooder than we've imagined. If if you if heaven has been your endpoint, okay, but it's better. If you want to keep it there, you can. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to get a big surprise when Jesus goes. What? We're going where? You're what? <laughs> come on. Well, I like my Airbnb. I got something better. What's better than that? The restoration of all things, a perfect planet with God in our midst. No more tears, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. You get to have life again with everybody that you've maybe gone before you and you thought, well, I'll see them again in heaven. Yes, you will, but you get to see them again here on the planet, renewed, restored. You'll get to go walking and hiking and all the cool things that you like to do. Adventure upon adventure. It's not heart playing on a cloud. It's so much better. Just my opinion. <laughs> it's going to keep going on. And, and so it's the most amazing thing that you hang on to. And look, Peter, Peter's talking about this idea when he preaches for one of the first times. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for what? God to restore everything. It's, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. He said this is, it's there in the story all along. The restoration, I just preached it all, of everything. And all of it begins with a glorious celebration known as the wedding supper. The wedding feast of the Lamb. I like this, Revelation 19. The angel said to me, write this. I love it when he said, write, make sure you write this. This is another good one. Just like uh, making all things new, get it written down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. He adds that true thing, like he just did in the first one. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. How do you get invited? Say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's your invitation. And it's good. And we're waiting for this time. That's going to be, he's going to return. And there's this picture then of this, this amazing wedding feast that's going on. And the prophets knew about it. This is what Isaiah is talking about. And he's going to tie in new creation. He was really good at doing that way back then. Isaiah 25. On this mountain, renewed, restored, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. A banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he'll destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. Power of sin, gone forever. The sheet that covers all nation. And he will swallow up death forever. The power of death, gone. And the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. Do you see how this connects in Revelation 21? And he'll remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken.
And I'm going to tell you something too. Jesus is waiting. But he's looking forward to coming back. And he says this, Mark 14, 25. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. I don't know if you ever notice this, but we do communion every week because it's important. It's important. And we have four glasses on the table. Three of them we talk about all the time. One is empty. It's an empty glass. It's sitting there on the table now. And sometimes people ask, well, why do you have an empty glass? We're waiting for Jesus and the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's a, it's a hope glass. It's an anticipation glass. It's something I can look over there and go, oh, I'm waiting. We got three of them going. Come on. He's coming back. And it's better than you can imagine. And so it all ties together. And the enemy doesn't win. God gets back what he originally intended. A heaven and earth connection. He's there. We're there. The divine family's there. We're all going to love each other and encourage one another. And we're going to spend forever and ever back where he wanted us in relationship with him and people that we love. That's what's coming. I shall stop there. Ministry team. Those of you here, why uh, would you head over the wall? People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me say this in sort of closing everything I just said. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Your invitation is, is you respond to it now in effect. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That's the invitation that you're looking for. If you've never said yes to Jesus, please, Say yes now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? That's your way into his story, the most amazing story that there ever has or will be. Say yes to Jesus. Amen. There's, I'm sure some of you have heard it, but Elevation's new worship tape has a song called Nobody. But there's a line in it where they sing, darkness, your hour is over. And I just can't wait. For that, we yeah, amen. We don't know what it's like to live in a, a world where nothing decays, where there's no entropy, right? Think about you have a plant that never dies. For some of you, that might be true. Some of us are a little more challenged, but eventually, <laughs> that'll be that. So, okay, spiritual. I had a word during worship this morning about a parent praying for an adult daughter, and the Lord wants you to know today that He is faithful. That's all I've got. That's all he said. I am faithful. So hang on to that. Amen. Amen. Good job. Okay. What's next? Oh, this. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being generous, everybody. We get to do so many cool things. I'm always out of time, so I don't get enough time to talk about it. But thank you for your generosity, your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing, all those amazing things you do. Bless you for all of that. Let's sing the doxology. And as we do, I'm sure some of the ministry team will find their way over there. And uh, we'll have that open for you. Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you.
May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great day. We'll get those doors open for you. And uh, get out there, catch some fish if the weather's nice. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another. See you later. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, yeah, so much fun with this series. And, and we got some really cool stuff coming up. So keep hanging in there, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. Have a great one, everybody. We love you. Bye-bye.